Fit Nation. Fit Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fit Nation. Oh man, I hope you've had it, made it through Thanksgiving weekend with a full stomach and still talking to all your friends and family. We all know the holidays are not easy on everyone, and the slightest disagreement can cause a pile of mashed potatoes to fly across the room. So try your hardest to maintain the calm and come out on the other side of all these holidays with all your friends and your family still in your circle. And of course, no mashed potatoes on the wall. So when you think about that circle, we all tend to try to fit in. Sometimes that means having a steady job that everyone respects and providing for your family because that's what everyone wants you to do. Sometimes that life is just a mask over who you really are meant to be. Our next guest took what we like to call that midlife crisis by the horns and found her true self. Now she is all about helping other women as they go through this benchmark in life. So without further ado, let's get Karen Freeland, speaker, author, life coach, and actress on here. All right, welcome to the Misfit Nation, Karen Freeland. How are you, Karen? I'm doing great. It's so nice to be here with you. It's nice to see you in person, not just via email and pod match and all the other crazy ways we talk to each other now. So That's right. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, let them know you got a little bit about your background, where you came from and where you see yourself moving forward. Yeah, sure. So um, hi, everybody. I'm Karen Freeland. I am a self-proclaimed recovered corporate workaholic. I spent 15 years in the corporate world chasing paychecks and titles, trying to get that external validation, um, kind of always up for the next challenge. You know, I'd get a job, I'd be really excited, I'd be there for six months or so, and then like the shininess wore off, <laughs> the coolness, the newness, like it got old. And I was already like, how do I get to the next level? How do I attain the next dopamine hit and like get this promotion or this bigger paycheck? And I woke up one day and realized, huh, I'm not happy. Like, I thought this was what I wanted. I thought I wanted to climb my way to the top of the ladder. And yeah, I'm miserable. This is not fun. So what am I doing with my life? And um, we had a couple of deaths in the family, actually. And it very much put my mortality, like, face to face with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I... I am going to die someday, whether I like it or not. Right. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. I don't, I think I don't like it, but I, I know given my faith, I should like it. Um, and it should be a, a great stepping stone for me, but um, it was really hard and still is in some respects for me to totally come to terms with that. And so I went on this journey to really figure out, well, okay, if, if I only have so much time, on earth, what do I want to do with my time here? Like, and it can't be this, it can't be making PowerPoints to justify my existence to somebody else. Like, sorry, that's not going to work for me. So, um, I set out on a little bit of a journey and I watched the movie, the secret. So this is all about the law of attraction. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard of the secret, I highly recommend it. It changed my life. And as I was watching that, I saw Jack Canfield speaking about his books, Chicken Soup for the Soul books, and how 
you know, all it took was action. Like he got his books written because he took action. He didn't just say it and put it on a vision board and go, oh, well, this book's going to write itself. And, <laughs> and that's kind of how I'd been approaching things for a while. And I was like, oh no, you have to actually take bold action. Okay. And in th- through that process, I had this epiphany. I remembered a book that I had started writing 10 years earlier that was sitting oh. on my computer. <laughs> and um, yeah, at the time it was called, I don't know my vagina. So yes, listeners, you did not stroke out. You heard me say the word vagina. It's a body part, the anatomically correct body part at that. Um, But some people still get like a little shocked. And that basically set off a journey of me going, I'm going to write this book. This is my new life purpose. And suddenly work just became a way to feed my dream. So I didn't hate going to work quite as much. I still wasn't a fan and I knew that I wanted out, but I was like, Ooh, I'm using this money now to pay for my editor and my website and build my profile and my brand. So it kind of became more manageable and like I could suck it up a little bit longer. And then in 2020, the universe gifted me with a uh, layoff and a severance package, (laughs) which was a dream come true. My gosh, I've been fantasizing about it for years. (laughs) And I like joke, I'm like, I really, I really did need to have some better fantasies because like, this is not normal, but that was what all I kept dreaming about. I was like, please give me a severance package and just put me on the riff list. Um, And that riff is reduction in force uh, for those who haven't spent a lot of time in corporate. Um, and so that day finally came and I was like, great, took a week vacation to separate old Karen from new Karen and, uh, finished publishing, finished writing my book, just published it in September of this year. It is now called the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir. (laughs) It's a super fun comedic read. Um, it's five-star rated. I have already won a reader's favorite award. And I've also now uh, started a life coaching business because it was like, I had the secrets. I was like, I can't, I can't keep this bottled up and keep it to myself. That'd be terrible. That'd be so selfish. Like I'm on such a mission to make sure nobody ever goes through a midlife crisis. Like I went through. Um, and so now I'm just helping mostly women, um, clients, but helping other people, you know, basically go through a similar transformation you know, their dream may not be to write a book, but whatever their dream is, you know, I'm helping them make a plan for how to get there, holding them accountable for the steps and really working on the mindset and overcoming all those fears. And, um, you know, the classic, like, oh, well, I'm supposed to work in corporate. I'm supposed to just have a job and this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, no, supposed to buy whose account? Is that making you happy? Then then you're not supposed to be doing it if you're not happy. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I got here. So everything you've done is not what socially acceptable would be. Just the title of your book would right. be uh, lightning bolts into you. You said faith earlier. So yeah, in the church, you'd probably get shot at bringing that book in there. You can't speak of this. It's bad. It's juju that goes in the other stores. Yeah, so right. you went against the grain and now you're helping people say that if there's a hurl in my way, I don't have to say what the socially acceptable way is. I can do the way I want to do it. And that'll become the way. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because a lot of people, they are kind of like, oh my gosh, wait, you, you, you believe in God or whatever you're religious, but like you wrote this book. And so what I've tried to explain is like, for me, at least, I don't believe that 
knowing your body, having a good sex life, and also believing in God are mutually exclusive things. Like I personally think they can coexist, um, you know, and of course there's boundaries to everything. So there's probably a boundary for where I'm like, okay, now we're not in, in my territory anymore. But, you know, for the most part, like I, you know, I'm married 13 years. We dated for nine before that. So, I mean, I've been committed with the same guy for 22 years. Like, you know, I hope we're having a good sex life. I think we are. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> he seems happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he stayed, it took him nine years to get married to you. So that, that's a, that's a long way. <laughs> it was a little bit of like, I was like, is this ever going to happen? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, how did I end up with the guy who got his cake and ate it too? But um, he was, he's so meticulous that he wanted to be making a certain amount of money. He wanted a really stable job. You know, like he wanted to get all his ducks in a row. And I was like, buddy, we don't have forever. Like, but it eventually worked out. And he, um, yeah, surprise proposed and all that good stuff. <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you pressured him anyway, left subtle hints around the house. How about this marriage thing? <laughs> you know, I don't think I did. I guess I'd have to ask it, but I don't think I pressured him too much. We only looked at rings once or twice and, you know, I was, I wanted something to happen, but at the same time, I knew like, I'm not going anywhere. Like this is the guy for me. So even if it never happens, I probably would still be just dating him. <laughs> but don't <laughs> tell came, him that. Yeah. Well, he's going to see this maybe. <laughs> it became common law, I think after six years. So it's, you were married for a long time. Yeah, pretty much. It's, yep. It, you might as well just say we were married for 15 years, not 16 years. Yeah. So when writing the book, that's when you decided to go into life co coaching then when you start finishing the book, not when you started writing, because you said it sat there for 10 years. Yeah, like it got, life got in the way, right? And right. so it just sat on the computer and it was like, I'd almost forgotten about my own dream. Like, how, how does that happen? But I became such a workaholic. I mean, I was the 24 seven lady. I was the one waking up at five o'clock, looking at my cell phone before I even got out of bed. Like the last one thing I did at bed before, you know, before I went to bed at night, look at the cell phone, answer any emails. I mean, it was crazy, but the book really came first before the life coaching. And so as um, my editor was working with me and saying, you really need to build a platform. Because fun fact, it turns out nobody buys memoirs from people they don't know. Go figure, right? Exactly. Like you buy Madonna's memoir because you love Madonna and you're obsessed with her music or, you know, you find her like really interesting or something, right? You buy like a um, Abraham Lincoln's bio um, biography because you're just like, oh, he's so interesting or, you know, the challenges he faced in growing this nation, whatever, Right. But for me, it's like Karen Freeland, like who cares? And it's about her vagina. Like what? Do you really want to read this or not? Um, so he's, my editor said, you really need to build a platform and have a way for people to get to know you. And I'm like, okay, well, if I build a website, like what do I put on it? Like, what do I say I do? I'm not really an author yet, right? I haven't like actually published anything. There's not much to talk about in terms of the book yet. So I was like, okay, I do some speaking. Uh, so I was like, I'll, I'll put motivational speaker on there. Right. And like, that's kind of what I'll start with. And I started writing my speeches and I started doing some more talks. And as I was going through that process, I was like, you know, I kind of feel guilty every time we finish a talk and I'm just like, good luck with that. Like I got you all inspired. I got you all jazzed up. And now I'm walking away from you and basically saying, hope you can figure that out on your own. 
And I thought, gosh, I would love if there was a way for me to like come alongside people and like really take them through each step and how to get, you know, from point A, midlife crisis and feeling miserable to like dream life point Z. And so I was talking to someone else and they said they were a health coach and they were like, you know, there's such a thing as life coaching. And I was like, I don't even really know that that was an option. So I started looking into it, ended up getting certified um, because I wanted to get some real practical tools that I could use clients and things. And I fell in love with it and, you know, took a couple of clients on right away and just seeing their transformation. It just reaffirmed for me, like, this is what I think I'm meant to do. Like, this is my purpose and my calling. That's outstanding that you've seen, you've seen the light basically and went with it, ran towards it. I understand the website portion uh, about halfway through making this podcast. I decided maybe I need a website. Yeah. So so I just jumped in and did it. (laughs) It it turned out all right, I think. Well, that's the thing. There's, there's so much fear sometimes when we think about making these steps. Like I, even for me, like building a website, I'm like, I don't know anything about building a website. I looked up Wix and I taught myself how to build a website, you know, and it didn't look on day one, like it looks now, right? Like day one, there was like three main pages, like the main page, the about me and contact me. Right. But then it was like, oh, now I have a tab for my memoir. Now I have a tab for my life coaching. Now I have a free e-guide that you can go and down, you know, so like I built it out over time, but for so many of us, we look at something and we go, oh, this is, this is a monstrosity. How am I going to tackle this? But if you really break it down and iterate, this is what my coach always taught me, iterate your way to success, then it suddenly it becomes very easy because you're like, well, I'm going to build up a website, but like, if it's not great, then I'll just tweak it. I'll just fix it. And then I'll do another iteration, another iteration, and then it'll be great. So take some of the pressure off yourself, you know, for your (laughs) listeners who maybe have that big nut to crack, don't try to bite off the whole thing in, in one step, like take it in pieces. And then suddenly you get some validation or like, oh, that wasn't so hard to build those pages. I bet I could do a lead form. I bet I could, you know, and you start adding all these other bells and whistles. Exactly. And uh, in WordPress is another one that's pretty simple to get in there and use. Wix is really easy. Uh, yeah. for Even for someone that's not even computer savvy, Wix is probably the best one because I think you can just cut and paste on that one. So it oh, makes yeah, it and they come with so many pre-made templates and stuff. And then you just customize the colors. And right. yeah, I, I am not tech savvy. And it's funny because I worked in telecommunications and tech companies for like nine years. And like, I always had like the oldest phone. I could never figure out how to like move photos from one device to another. So I'm not tech savvy at all. And I'm telling you, I built my own website. So go to karenfreeland.com, check it out and let me know what you think. It's not too get- shabby. And you have your uh, website development on there as another tab. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's all I'll start doing. I'll start making people's websites. (laughs) So as you were climbing the ladder, you obviously someone gave you advice to go into corporate when you were younger. This is the way you have to be. You got to go to college, go to business and do this. What was the worst advice you were given on that ladder going up? Well, interesting. I started my career as a dancer and an actress. So I, yeah, I know I didn't share this with you before, but I was, I've always been one of those people who wanted to follow their dreams. But then when I got into corporate, because I was going to, you know, save all my money. So I didn't have to wait tables anymore and then go back to acting full time after I made a bunch of money in one year in a, a corporate job. Well, the problem is I got my first commission check. 
And then I got addicted to the money drug. And then, you know, basically the rest was history. I just was like, oh, money, money, money. Like, this is great. Like, I forget about acting, you know, like, let me just stay over here. I'm making such good money. This is fun. This is great. Um, but I think the worst advice, oh, there's been lots of bad advice. Um, you know, I think a lot of it was like personality wise, uh, um, you know, like you're too uh, aggressive, you're too passionate. Um, you need to like play the bench a little bit more, like sit back and just like observe. And in some scenarios, right? Like that is kind of what you have to do as you're working your way up. Like you got to know your time and your place. But I think I kept trying to, part of the reason probably why I had a midlife crisis and wasn't happy in corporate is because I was constantly trying to be who everybody else wanted me to be. I could never just show up and authentically be me, right? I always had to put up this veil, this mask, whatever you want to call it and be a certain way. And so that just didn't sit right with me. And I think one of the other terrible pieces of advice that sticks in my head so vividly. Um, I remember calling one of the senior leaders uh, because there was a potential promotion on the table. And I said, Hey, you know, like I want to, you are really business savvy. You are money savvy. I admire you. And I would love you to give me some guidance on how I negotiate for this salary and raise and promotion. And he told me, well, it's a tough time in the corporation right now. We don't have a lot of money. So your best bet is just take the job, prove yourself and then get a raise later. Oh. I was mortified. I was so mad. I was angry. I mean, I was like legitimately angry because I was like, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't just take a job without a pay increase with more responsibility just to get a title or just to get your foot in the door. There's no way you would do that. And yet that is the advice that you gave to me. And I was, I'm still bitter about now. <laughs> I'm, letting, I'm letting it go, but like, oh man, that was so, so angry about that. Cause I really expected him to give me some better counsel and guidance. Um, and I don't know if he just didn't think it was worth his time or if, I don't know what, you know, what, where his head was at, but um, yeah, I thought just to be dismissed like that was so frustrating. And, and it could have been uh he was threatened by you or the fact that he was a man and you were a woman. I'm not saying that happens in corporate world, but it, it happens yeah. in corporate world. And if, and it doesn't even have to be man or woman, it could be man to man. If they're threatened by him, they'll give you horrible advice and steer you clear of something that might get you into their job. Sure. Oh, yeah. yep. I've seen that before. I've had the land grab, you know, where somebody basically like takes your whole team or like puts you underneath them. I mean, I have been um, shuffled around more times than <laughs> I can count, but you know what? I am so <laughs> glad that all of it happened because it landed me right where I am today. And yes, I would have liked my midlife crisis to be a little shorter because it wasn't very fun, but I really believe that going through all of that and hitting that rock bottom, I'm in such a unique position now to help my clients in a way that I couldn't have I not gone through all of those things. Exactly. And now that you're, you're basically a small business person now or yeah, entrepreneur. entrepreneur, solopreneur right now. I have an <laughs> assistant, but um, yeah, it's just me and her right now. So I'm hoping to grow that next year, but you know, we'll see. I'm just me and mine. So this is good. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. We got to start I, somewhere. I'm sure corporate life taught you a lot of lessons to be a better entrepreneur than those who just go straight into starting their own business. What are those kind of tips and tricks that you learned? Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the biggest things is focus on the revenue generating activities. 
you know, one of the things that corporate affords you is big teams and lots of little silos and you can have all kinds of pet projects and busy tasks. But what I have learned about being an entrepreneur is that you don't have time for busy tasks and just busy work, right? I have to be so targeted with every social post that I do. There has to be a call to action. There has to be a reason that I'm posting it. And I didn't know this when I first started building my audience. I very much was like, oh, look what I had for lunch today. Oh, hey, I'm just over here at the zoo with my kid. Like it was completely random, but I I didn't know what to talk about. And so now I've had this really unique challenge of both marrying the messaging of my book, which is more like sex driven and women's health driven with like, hey, go live your dreams, confidence, dream life through life coaching. So it's been really interesting to kind of juggle the two of those and come up um, with messaging around that. But yeah, you could get so lost as an entrepreneur in like every social media platform out there. Next thing you know, you're making TikTok videos and it's like, for what? Who, who's who's buying life coaching off of TikTok? I'm sure someone is, but like, <laughs> you know what? There's other channels. Like I have really invested in my Instagram and in my Facebook group. And like, that's where I put all of my time and energy. And that is what has really worked for me because it's one, one or two places to send people, not a hundred different channels. And I can cultivate better relationships by being more focused and more present, especially in my Facebook group. Definitely. And I think the lesson I learned starting this was to separate me from the Misfit Nation. Yeah. So don't, don't post everything about what I'm doing. Like daily. you said, this is what I ate for lunch, blah, blah, blah. This is the beer I'm drinking today. I had to kind of push that aside a little bit and just like things that are not controversial and keep myself clean on social media as much as possible. So I just stay with LinkedIn, IG and uh, Facebook, mostly Twitter. I'm on there as well. Just a yeah. quick, quick post on there. And I don't really type anything. I just do whatever my website tells me to put on there. So. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, I had the, um, the good fortune of always most of my career being in marketing. So coming out of marketing and then being able to market my own services right. has been really helpful. Um, but it is different because I always was in B2B marketing, business to business. So now I'm B2C and it's a little bit different talking to consumers. So um, there's, I, you know, obviously been able to learn some new strategies there as well, but um, you don't need huge, huge teams, right? Like I always thought, how am I going to go into business on my own? Like who will do my like taxes and compliance department and who will be this department and the operations department? But like when you're just starting out, for me at least, there's not that much that needs to be done other than go get clients, put out great content, and have your tax guy like do your taxes. Like the, it's like the bare minimum, right? Like what needs to be accomplished. Um, and it's so doable. And there's so many people out there that are, will help you and that want to see you succeed. So there's tons of free resources out there um, that have really helped me, you know, as I'm going through my entrepreneur journey. Definitely. And uh, I don't know, and a lot of people on here are veterans that listen to this show. So they got Bunker Labs, which is great for entrepreneurs. They paired them up with corporate leaders of the whole the whole country around that are in kind of the niche they're in. And they'll mm-hmm. mentor them and kind of get them sponsors for their business. So that helps them out a lot. But actually hearing someone that's been through it like yourself and coming out on the other side now, you left that wall of the corporate behind you and you kicked it or through it. And now you're on your own world now and doing great things. They can see that. So oh, there's light there. I can get out of this tunnel and be great myself. Yeah. 
oh, where there is a will, there is a way. And it's just life is too short to be miserable. Like I just couldn't do it anymore, you know? And I was so, and I felt guilty. I really did. I will tell you that I felt so guilty not being happy. It's like I had a six figure income. I had a house over a roof over my head, a nice car in the driveway, two healthy boys, a great marriage. Like how dare I be discontent with that? But I tell you, there was just something lacking. I wasn't fulfilled. And I had a closet full of stuff. I was saying I had a closet full of stuff, but inside my heart, my soul was just empty. It didn't mean anything to me. And so I had to go on a journey to figure out like, what is the thing that will make me money, right? This a certain amount of money, right? It's only to pay bills and stuff, but, but that will be like my calling that I will be excited to jump out of bed every morning and do. And thank goodness I saw the signs, followed it, right? Followed the light and was able to, to pull it off. Jumped on that trampoline and bounced up high. And now here you are. You're that's right. And helping others now with your life coaching. Yeah. So over, I'm sure over the last year, everything's been online. Oh yeah. Yeah. My business has always been online. Actually, I've always done it virtually, even when I have clients in the same town. Um, So (laughs) I'm in Greenville, South Carolina right now. Um, And a couple of my clients are local to me and we still do it online because some of my clients also travel for work. So like when we have our appointments, sometimes they're not actually here in the city, but um, there is a level of like, I don't know, almost like anonymity when you are like virtual, even though I know them, they're like, but, but you don't know, like, you know, that there's like that space between you, right? I think they open up a little bit more than when it's like, you really are right there next to them. Um, so virtual has just kind of worked for me, but I'm, I'm definitely open to seeing people face to face if that was ever something somebody was interested in. And it kind of cuts off the, I'm hiding down the aisle and target when I see you in their thing, when you, right. you do live things. Oh, that's, oh God, no, I can't be there. Right. <laughs> she exactly. told me not to come to target every day. <laughs> and here I am. That's right. I will find out if you do yeah. something that's against the program. I don't have to go through your credit card receipts. I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have, my clients will tell you, I have texted them at 530 in the morning and been like, are you at the gym? Do you have your gym clothes on? Are you on the way? Like, I mean, I get into it with them, but that's the support that they want and that they need um, to get the results. So it works. Sometimes you got to push them where they need to be pushed. And that's why they came to you in the first place. Right. Yes, exactly. So you said you were a dancer and actress in the beginning. Any shows we'd know you were in? Oh, geez. Um, So I did a lot of background on the soaps, All My Children, As the World Turns, um, and Guiding Light when I was in New York. Um, you might remember the movie from Justin to Kelly with Kelly Clarkson and Justin Guarini. Um, I was the bathroom girl, but most (laughs) of my scene ended up on the cutting room floor. It's very sad. Um, and then I've been on like some dating shows and, you know, fuse you rock, let's roll and stuff like that. My, the biggest movie that I was ever in that had like a part, um, was a horror flick called passing fancy. So you can go look that one up on IMDb and um, yeah, it's a good time. I play Gail. I had blonde. Well, I kind of have blonde hair now, but it was pretty like blondie orange. Um, Yeah, it was fun. It was really, it was really neat to step into a character that much of a character for a role because a lot of the stuff I had done was smaller, smaller parts or like little TV commercials and things. Um, 
but yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'd love at some point to get back to it and who knows, I'll put this out in the universe. I'm hoping that the book will get turned into a TV show. So um, who knows, maybe there'll be a cameo opportunity for me there. It might be your own talk show. You might be on, on right before Kelly Clarkson. Wouldn't that be great? Hello, (laughs) Kelly, if you're listening, I'm available. (laughs) I'm Karen to Kelly. (laughs) Right? There we go. I love that. That's good. I'm passing off to Kelly. Now everyone have a good day. There we go. I'm telling you from your mouth to God's ears, we'll make it happen. (laughs) Man, I hope so. I hope I can do that for you. So if you can give advice to someone else that's going through the same issue you went through midlife and for that prolonged period of time, what would you tell them? Yeah. Number one, you have all the answers. And that was one of my biggest mistakes. I kept asking everybody else, hoping they would have the answer because I was struggling and I couldn't come up with it on my own. But it's because I didn't want to get honest with myself. I didn't want to do the hard work and the soul searching and really answering the questions about what makes me happy, what makes me tick. What do I enjoy? And I had forgotten because all I did was work. I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't have any passions. So you got to really turn inward, answer the tough questions about what makes you happy, what you enjoy doing. Don't worry right now about whether you have the skill or the money or the time or any of that. Just what get it on paper, what you really, really love. And journaling helps you uncover some of those limiting beliefs. So one of the beliefs that I had written down was I'm afraid that I'll never be able to make as much money somewhere else as I make in corporate right now. Well, how am I ever going to start my own business, get a new job, do anything differently when I have that belief? I've literally trapped myself in my job at that point. So I had to do a lot of work around that and try to figure out like, well, why do I think that? And surely I can find examples of other people who have moved companies and made more money, you know, so I had to go through all that. And then really rekindling a lot of passion. So I started dancing again. I started taking hip hop yoga and like, I wasn't great, right? It'd been years since I danced. Um, it, I certainly, and like dancing does not translate to yoga, shockingly enough. No. Um, the, those are like <laughs> different skill sets. Uh, so, but I really enjoyed the challenge of learning something new. And I just loved how my body felt and, um, you know, having all these different experiences. So I really recommend people, you know, the biggest thing you can do is shake things up in your life. Just, just start something new, try something new. And all of a sudden you see life from a little bit of a different perspective. You go, Oh, that wasn't so bad. I could learn how to do this. Okay. Well, maybe then you could also learn how to start a business or how to get a new job or learn a new skill. Okay. Um, so those are a couple of my tips and and I do have a master class. Um, that I just launched on Mastermind called um, Rock Your Midlife Without the Crisis. So if anybody wants to check that out, I go deep on my three main steps of how you can actually rock your midlife, whether you're trying to avoid the crisis in the first place or you're kind of already there. um, This will help give you a process for how to get out. And how do people get in contact with you to hire you or just to talk to you? Absolutely. KarenFreeland.com is the best place. Um, From there, you can see everything about my book, everything about the um, life coaching. And I also have a Facebook group um, called Successful Working Women Rocking Reinvention. So if you are a woman who is kind of in that stage where you're getting ready to reinvent yourself, um, that's a great supportive community that you can look into joining. Um, and I go live in there a couple times a week, just sharing other tips, tricks, client success stories, and things to help keep you motivated. Outstanding. Thank you, Karen. Thanks again for coming on to Misfit Nation and sharing your skill set with us. 
Oh my gosh, it was my pleasure. And if I can, I will just share one yes. last thing about the book, um, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, Penetrating Memoir. It also has a good cause. So a portion of the proceeds are being donated to Alliance for Period Supplies. Um, we have a nice little ad in the back of the book. They have 125 chapters here in North America, and they are getting access to period supplies for women in need who can't afford to manage their period. So it fit really well with the book and the brand yes. and I uh, love the work that they're doing. So really happy that I can also use my book for good. Outstanding. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. That was an awesome chat with Karen. Be sure to pick up a copy of her book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir, wherever you get your books from. You can also watch this episode on our YouTube channel, The Underscore Misfit Nation. So you know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help carry us on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that would bring that energy and has a great story, has a product, has a book coming out that wants to come on the show and advertise, have them visit our website at themisfitnation.com and reach out to us. We get back to you pretty much within a day. So as always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. The Misfit Nation.